Hey, Moving Forward listeners, believe it or not, the holidays are right around the corner. So get the ball rolling and get your ducks in a row. The Corporate Clichés Coloring Book makes the perfect white elephant office party gift or surprise stocking stuffer for your favorite work-from-home colleague. It's available now on Amazon. You can also find quick links at bemovingforward.com and in the show notes for this episode. Let's celebrate the holidays with some low-hanging fruit and a bubbling glass of synergy. John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 443. I hope you all have had a great week. I can't believe we're into October already. And I was just reflecting that last Friday, I finished up. That was the last session of my fall one writing course and uh, had a great time. I mean, those six weeks moved by really quickly. It was a great group of students. And um, just seeing some of the messages that they were sending at the end, the thank you messages and things like that and how some of them have really been inspired and are going to write a book. I even had one student who uh, said that she's going to write a book in a genre that she never even imagined that she would be interested in just because of some of the exercises. So that was really gratifying. And I have to admit, I was taken aback and um, I was surprised that I was feeling a little uh, uh, nostalgic and melancholy that this class was coming to an end just because, again, I, I really had a great time with it. Uh, but I am looking forward to teaching it again for fall two, starting on November 2nd. Again, this will be through Hopkins, the uh, Odyssey program. It's open to all. You don't have to be a Hopkins alum or affiliate to take the class, although if you are, there is a nice discount for that. So if you want to check out the course information it's again, that's something that you might have heard on the pre-roll before the episode began. Uh, the link to find out the information, the schedule, and the registration is on my website, bemovingforward.com. You'll find them in the show notes for this episode, as well as the write-ups on the website. All right, today we're going to kick off a new mini-series. This one's going to be very different than ones I've done in the past. Uh, I've talked a lot about things related to business or personal development in the sense of things like writing a book, starting a podcast, uh, starting a business on Poshmark, uh, those types of skills. This one is going to be a little more personal, and this is something that I think I've struggled with for many years. And so let me set the stage, and I don't think I have a great title yet for this miniseries, and I'm still in the middle of this, so just kind of keep that in mind. But uh, the, I guess the the word I'm going to use is declutter. And um, it's not all that what I'm doing entails. I mean, there's much more to it than that. But for lack of a better word, this is really about the, I'm just going to call it, I guess, the decluttering series. Um, you could call it minimalism, although I'm not sure that that's where my end result is going to be. But it's along those lines. So let me give you a little bit of my background and history with this. So I'm by no means a hoarder. And I'm not the type of person who accumulates a lot of stuff now. And I underscore now. Over the last couple of years, I've kind of moved away from buying a lot of unnecessary things. I'm not, I find that I don't get a lot of joy from just accumulating stuff. And in fact, you may have, uh, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you may have. Uh, listen to a couple of episodes 
around this time of year. We're approaching the holidays and November, December. And I mentioned on a couple of episodes a couple of years ago that I moved away from gift giving. And this was something that, you know, I discussed with some of my friends, the ones that I normally would give gifts to. And a lot of them were on the same page. And so uh, some of them had actually kind of moved away from that even uh, before, long before I did. So that was met with a lot of, uh, you know, really kind of understanding and enthusiasm, I have to say. So because I, I'm at the point where getting a gift doesn't really, <laughs> it's a nice gesture and it's something I can appreciate, but it, it can also stress me out a little bit in terms of well, what do I do with this thing? You know, if it's like a coffee mug or if it's uh, even even a book. I mean, I'm a big fan of the library nowadays. I, I love the idea of just getting a book, reading it, and then returning it for the next reader. So uh, so I'm not a really big accumulator of things. I'm much more, uh, you know, I much more enjoy quality time with, uh, with people, you know, friends and family and that sort of thing. Uh, however, uh, you know, th- there's stuff that I've accumulated over the years, you know, growing up and in past decades. And while I'm not a hoarder, I'm definitely a pack rat, and I think I've said so as much on on episodes here and there. And so, the funny thing is, most people when they, most of my friends when they come to visit me, they'll say, "Oh, your place looks so clean and organized." And the funny thing about that is, on the surface, uh, it looks like it's fairly, you know, Spartan, very well organized. But <laughs> once you open the drawers and the closets, and I do have a storage unit uh, in my condo as well. That's where you'll see all the ugliness, all the stuff that has accumulated over the years. And when I say over the years, I mean stuff that goes back to my childhood. And uh, between my place, between uh, my dad's house, you know, I work with him a lot. And uh, a lot of my stuff uh, from childhood is still there. And um, my dad's workshop even, you know, there's a lot of stuff. And so, you know, part of this is... Well, let me set the stage. Why Why is that? Why do I have so much stuff? Well, I don't move very often. The last time I moved was uh, in 2008 when I left California and relocated back to the East Coast. And that was probably the last time that I really did any major purging. Uh, you know, I, I, first of all, I hadn't taken a lot of my stuff with me when I moved to California. A lot of it I had put in storage. And so whatever I had in California was only accumulated from that year and some change. And so before I left, I'd managed to get rid of almost all of it. I sold pretty much all of my furniture and um, my knickknacks and stuff like that on Craigslist where I'd given it to friends or donated or, or you know, thrown away stuff. I chipped back some things, but for the most part, what I came back with was two suitcases full of, you know, clothes and stuff. And uh, I had my car shipped back. And so that was the last time that I had done any major purging. And of course, that didn't really uh, account for the stuff that I had left behind on the East Coast that was still waiting for me. And so I brought some of that stuff back from California. I'd gotten rid of a lot of it, but that just ended up being at the the amount of stuff I brought back ended up being added to kind of like this amassed storage pile. Uh, and the other half of the story is that um, while I'm organized in some senses, and, and some people say I'm very organized, and there are certain things that I do very meticulously, 
there are other ways in which I'm very scattered, and I'll give you an example. So take, for instance, tools that you may keep in your house. Now, common sense would say keep all of your tools in one place, in one box. Well, I... I was of the I was the type of person where I would have a random screwdriver in one drawer and then a hammer in another and then I would have maybe the bulk of my tools in one closet in one box but then I'd have random tools scattered throughout and that's probably the result of you know I I, I would f- fix something in the kitchen maybe and then rather than put it back into a central place I would just stick it in a drawer and maybe my thought was, oh, okay, well, if this happens again or if something else uh, you know, needs tightening up, it's just easier if I keep it there. The problem was I, that just became a, a habit or really a lifestyle in which I had stuff that was scattered everywhere. There, a lot of my things were not concentrated and organized into uh, logical places. And so think about that and accumulating stuff over the years and the final leg of this is that I have a hard time, while I don't accumulate a lot of stuff now and haven't really, you know, I, I'm mostly uh, pretty conscientious about things that I purchase. They either are things that I need or things that I have a lot of utility for. Um, stuff from the past that I've accumulated that, you know, I had a really hard time uh, going through them and throwing them out. And I think part of that is just I have this strong sense of nostalgia. And it's it really was a very quirky way that it would manifest itself. So, for example, if I would go to visit a certain, um, let's say I'd go to a certain landmark, like, a, a, you know, um, I'll, I'll give you an example, like a place like Brookside Gardens, if you've ever been. It's actually a very, very beautiful manicured garden. Uh, it's, it's like a museum garden in... Um, Delaware, I believe it's Delaware. And, uh, I'd been a couple of times and I had, you know, kept my ticket stub as well as some fold out maps and things like that. And I would associate events in my past with random keepsakes and not just things that you would think of like a ticket stub, but like even a a random receipt piece of paper, uh, uh, a piece of plastic, something like that. So I had all this like random stuff that had just accumulated. And I also happened to have a really good memory. And so that was the only way that I could keep some semblance of organization and remember where things are because amidst this kind of chaos, I had a really good memory. And so if I needed to find something important, I could do so. You know, I wouldn't say relatively easy but without too much difficulty and in fact um, I happen to have a a fairly strong memory and in that I can remember things almost as a narrative story and uh, you may have seen that come through in some of my podcast episodes you may have seen that come through in some of my books and even some of my friends when we're reminiscing about stuff they will look at me and say how do you even remember that detail so I have the strong memory for certain things but that even that has a, a saturation point because I realized I think in the last year or two that um, you know I needed to really reconcile the f- the fact that I had all this stuff accumulated. It's kind of like in all these random places, a lot of it in boxes, a lot of it I didn't remember that I had, 
And whenever I would need to find something or if, if I would think of something, say in the middle of the night, I would wake up at 2 a.m. with this random thought in my head, like, where's, wait a minute, where's this thing? I haven't seen it in a while. It's pretty important. I'll give you an example. So like um, diplomas and degrees, I've never been the type of person to really hang those on the wall. I'm not sure why. So they're usually sitting in a closet somewhere. And uh, I think one night, a couple months ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I kind of just had this like panic reaction to like, oh gosh, I should probably have my degrees and diplomas in one place, but I'm not sure exactly where they are. And so like moments like that would happen. And they've happened throughout my life, but usually fairly infrequently, like once, you know, once or twice a year. But I noticed in the past year, maybe year and a half, it was happening, happening more on a frequent basis. And I think it was around June that uh, I really kind of hit this point where I felt like something wasn't quite right. I felt like I was really stuck in a lot of uh, areas. And then I got into a couple of conversations. I got into a conversation with my dad, and he had suggested that, um, you know, as a way of maybe getting unstuck, that maybe it's time to look at all all the stuff that you have and maybe go through it because it's something that I'd been wanting to do but putting off for a long time. And maybe some of you listening to this, maybe you're in that spot too where you have stuff that's accumulated in drawers, closets. Maybe you have a storage unit. Maybe it's your garage. And you know in the back of your mind that there's a lot of clutter that you need to go through. And there's probably stuff that you don't need anymore. But it's just like it's so overwhelming to think about that you just don't even want to the best thing to do is you think, I'm just going to leave it where it is. And so, you know, when my dad suggested that, I, I it kind of gave me pause. And then I was thinking about it. And then I got into a good, uh, a long discussion with um, a couple of my friends, two of whom actually had gone through the decluttering process on their own years ago. And I didn't even realize this. And, um, had told me how beneficial it was. And so it was funny. I I was just thinking in the beginning, I just want to take stock of what I have. And then, you know, both of these friends had suggested that I read the Marie Kondo book. You may be familiar with her. She's kind of been a big figure in the decluttering and minimalist movement over the last couple of years. She has a famous book. She has a, a Netflix series. So I had had her book on my to-read list for a little while, but I hadn't gotten around to it. So I decided in June, you know what, I think I'm going to check it out. Uh, got it out of the library and started reading it. And uh, I'll talk about Marie Kondo on a future episode, but uh, you know, I was maybe a couple of chapters in, and then uh, I decided to even before I got to the chapters where she talks about how to start decluttering or how to start minimalizing things, uh, I um, I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to try this on my own. And I will tell you where I started right after the break. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, here's today's Poshmark Power Tip. Make a great first impression by adding a profile photo and a background image for your closet header. Your photos can be of you or an image related to your business. Fill out the Meet the Posher listing with a short bio and some information about you or your shop. 
be sure to reply to greeting messages and connect with fellow Poshers. For more Poshmark seller tips, check out the Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, which is available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and as an audiobook on Audible and Apple Audiobooks. Start learning and moving forward today. All right, we're here with episode 443 and kicking off a new mini-series, for lack of a better word, uh, or lack of a better phrase, my decluttering mini-series, or the decluttering mini-series. I'll think of a title after this episode is finished. But um, one of the things that I had accumulated a lot of in the past, I don't so much anymore, is physical media. And I've talked about this on the summer movie series. I've mentioned movies that I own on physical media, and I used to love... In the early 2000s, that was a big hobby of mine, was collecting movies, TV shows on physical media, DVDs, Blu-rays, and when I was growing up, it was VHS tapes, but uh, over the last you know, uh, couple of years, it was more uh, DVDs and Blu-rays, and I have a shelf of them, and, and, and a quirky thing about that is that a lot of DVDs that I had still had the plastic shrink wrap around them. It's such a strange thing, right? And at the time that I would buy them, a lot of times I would just keep the shrink wrap or the plastic wrap around them, even though you have to tear it open in order to open the package. And so I would have these DVDs with like three quarters or two thirds ripped shrink wrap around them stuffed into the shelves. And it looked really strange. You know, sometimes it it looked like it was just a unopened DVD just because of the way it was wrapped and stacked with the other discs and others. You could see the plastic tags and things just like hanging out. And so I, I don't know why I kept that, kept those with them. And, you know, it's it's one of those things now looking back, it just seems really odd. Uh, but at the time, I think I justified it by thinking, well, you know, it kind of goes with the, the DVD and maybe if I end up selling it, it'll be better if I have that with it, which is kind of a strange thought. But I had all these plastic wraps and things around these DVDs. And the other thing I had a lot of were plastic bags. If you think about, you know, shopping bags, gift bags, that sort of thing, just plastic bags. I, I would recycle them occasionally, but uh, I would keep a bunch of them thinking, well, I might need to use these you know, for, for whatever reason. I try to reuse stuff like that. And so what had happened over the years was I had accumulated this gigantic ball of plastic bags. And um, I think in my prior career uh, from, we had one of these, uh, we had a catered, catered uh, lunch event and um, we had a bunch of leftovers and they were, you know, there was this like gigantic big plastic carry-all bag and I, I think I ended up taking that home with a few leftovers. And I used the big bag. I saved the bag and I would use it as a kind of a repository for all these plastic bags. And I had that stuffed under my kitchen cabinet. And over the years, it just grew and grew. If you think about like a, if you've ever seen a gigantic rubber band ball, well, imagine that with like plastic bags. It's just really um, not a pleasant thought. But it got to the point where the kitchen cabinet underneath was like kind of bulging it was like, like I could get the door closed but it was sometimes hard to open because of this gigantic big plastic monstrosity uh, and, and it just kind of reminded me if there was like a a plastic bag monster from like a movie like it just kind of reminded me of something like out of Monsters Inc that's what it would look like it was like this gigantic overstuffed 
carry-all bag, this plastic carry-all bag filled with these random plastic bags. And so what I did, and again, I had barely been in the Marie Kondo book. I don't think I even read the first couple of chapters, and maybe I'd read the intro, but I just decided on my own. Something kind of clicked in me. I just said, you know what? I think I'll start here, and this is kind of on the ground floor where I have the kitchen and uh, my shelf of DVDs. I just took out all the plastic, and when I say plastic, all the plastic, what I call the, the flimsy clutter, just the plastic wrap, shrink wrap, plastic bags, you name it, and I just kind of dumped it into a pile in the middle of my living room floor. I started with the DVDs, went through all the DVDs, stripped off all the loose plastic that I could. That already made a gigantic pile of clear cellophane plastic in the middle of the floor. And I was just like gobsmacked. I was just shocked by how much that was alone. But then adding the plastic bags to the mix, it was like this gigantic mountain of clear plastic clutter. And I, the process I went through was to think to myself, okay, wh- what did I, how did I justify keeping this? And I realized, I kind of just walked myself through it and I realized there's no justification for keeping it. Whatever justification I may have had in the past, the idea that I'm going to reuse this plastic bag or this plastic cellophane wrap goes with this DVD or whatever, some misplaced sense of nostalgia, whatever, whatever it was could not justify keeping that monstrosity of a mountain any longer in my place. So I collected it all up, took it down. My condo has a recycling area and recycled as much of much of it as I could or threw away as much of it as I could. And I that was my first step. And I will tell you, it hardly made a dent in what I had to do in terms of taking stock of all my stuff and going through it. But that alone was significant for me because when I stepped back in to my place, I could see it already felt better. It already looked better because I didn't see these plastic slips, uh, these plastic uh, flimsy things just sticking out of the the drawer or the shelf. The uh, collection of media looked much better. And I could open that kitchen cabinet drawer and just seeing it emptied out, uh, we're nearly emptied out. I have to talk about paper. <laughs> I had a lot of paper bags in there too. So maybe I'll talk about that on the next episode. But um, that was already leaps better than where I was before. Just getting rid of something as simple as plastic clutter. Uh, and so I'm going to end here. But this is what I'm going to be talking about over the next couple of episodes. So a couple things I want you to keep in mind. I'm still on this journey. It's very early on for me. I've made a lot of headway since July, and I will be sharing what I've done over the subsequent weeks uh, in the coming episodes and where I am now. But keep in mind, unlike the other mini-series that I've done, this is something that I'm continuing on with. And so um, I don't know if this is going to stretch out into next season, but at the very minimum, this is going to probably be uh, what I cover over the next couple of episodes. So if this is something that you're dealing with or maybe not dealing with, uh, if you have clutter or if you have stuff that you've accumulated that um, is sitting in your closets, in your drawers, in storage units, in your garage, oh my gosh, I'll talk about a garage (laughs) 
in, in the coming weeks. Uh, but if any of that resonates with you, then I think this you might find this helpful. All right, the write-up is going to be at bemovingforward.com. And the other thing I'm going to mention is with the write-ups, I'm going to keep them fairly succinct. It's going to be, I'm going to try to keep them to no more than two to three paragraphs. And that's, I think, keeping in line with this series of keeping things really just to the point, um, minimal. But at the same time, there's also, uh, because I've got a lot of stuff going on, including preparing for my next class. I'm still on this, what I call decluttering journey. And so, and, and working on some other projects. So there's a dual reason for that. So the write-ups are going to be fairly uh, short and to the point, but you can find it at bemovingforward.com. All right, have a great weekend and I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.